Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and this week we're joined by Pete Donaldson who is in a hotel room in an exotic land known as America, in a city America. known as New York. The city of brotherly apples. I'm in New York. Yes, that's right. (laughs) It is 8 o'clock in the morning and um, probably annoying my neighbours by speaking at a rather higher level than I should really be. But hey, it's my hotel room. I do with it what I want. It's not as if I'm getting up to any jiggery-pokey or (laughs) hanky-panky while I'm here and making noises. So I may as well do a podcast at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, Yeah, we're we're over here. Basically, we're over here for a couple of meetings and stuff. But uh, in the meantime, uh, the the podcast need to keep on coming, Chris. Uh, You know, there's no rest for the wicked there's no rest for the different time zoners uh, but trying to figure out what time you would, would be able to do it and I would be able to do it did hurt my brain a little bit <laughs> yeah New York's 13 hours behind so right okay yeah it. yeah it's a bit trippy good good on you though Pete well done I've, I'm, Thanks, I'm impressed like last week I, I I delayed the podcast for the first time in four years by mm. a day or two which is the first yeah. time we've actually ever been late right and, I think, uh, you, I think we did. I think we did cycle. one kind of. I think we did one where you did a little kind of ten minute explanation about why the podcast was going to be late, but it, but it was kind of still a podcast, so we weren't late. <laughs> I Better don't think nothing. anyway. Better than nothing. Isn't it? <laughs> but uh, I'm a little bit disappointed when I, when you were like, "Oh, Chris, I'm going to do the podcast from New York. It's going to be amazing." I kind of pictured like this sort of romanticized movie mm. kind of podcast where it's going to be like Pete Donaldson on the roof of the Empire State Building, yeah. looking over Manhattan. Yeah. Or or somewhere in Central Park, or maybe in Times Square, like Taxi Mm. Driver. And it's just Pete Dolson in a nondescript dark hotel room with no (laughs) lights on, looking like a movie, looks like a scene out of the movie Seven, and it's not quite as I'd The the lighting isn't great, to be honest, and the internal uh, camera on my uh, MacBook isn't uh, isn't what it once was. Um, I am am, uh, enjoying some delicious um, hostess coffee uh, cakes. Uh, A cinnamon streusel baked with real (laughs) cinnamon uh, at uh, that, that was the thing that I ate this morning, along with one of those jalapeno popper sausages you get on the rotating conveyor belt uh, in a 7-Eleven. I thought I'd visit 7-Eleven, get in the <laughs> Japanese vibe, uh, and just eat some crap uh, in the morning. So I'm having a 7-Eleven coffee, Good and I'm man. having a coffee cake uh, that contains, you won't believe it, Chris, real cinnamon. <laughs> How did Fantastic. they sauce such a spice? 
I can't, but I keep forgetting there's like 7-Eleven in the US, right? Like that's really trippy mm. to me. It is a Japanese I mean, chain though, right? It is. It did no, start. No, 7-Eleven's, 7-Eleven's American, isn't it? 7-Eleven's been around in America for years. No. Like decades and decades and decades. Let's have a well, little tappy tap. mystery. <laughs> what do I get if I win? 7-Eleven is an American multinational <laughs> chain, so it is. Kill me now. Why did I think it was Japanese for the longest time? That's well, they just saw ubiquitous, aren't they? They're just so successful out there, I suppose. Um, uh, yeah, 1960s. Does it look like a Japanese 7-Eleven at all? Inside? Very much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah oh. Everything's pretty much the same, but apart from all, all of the products here in, but they're very much designed in the same way. But there's, it's just the, the, the options from the coffee machines to the Slurpees to everything. Everything's bigger, everything's cheaper, <laughs> and everything's just got more sugar and maybe a little bit of cinnamon on the side. Uh, and it's terrible for you, but... If you're hung, hung up, not hung up, if you're jet lagged it's uh, it's uh, you know, at about six in the morning, um, it's ideal. Absolutely ideal. A lovely hazelnut coffee and some rotating jalapeno rotten sausage. It's great stuff. <laughs> this America place sounds rather good. Bigger Ooh. sizes, more sugar, more excitement. Yeah. I need to go there soon. I'm actually going over in uh, December, so I'll... I'll there go in Seven Eleven. I'll walk around and I'll do like a, <laughs> a generic, boring, run out of ideas comparison video where I'm like Japanese Seven Eleven versus American Seven <laughs> Eleven. I mean, the difference will be a homeless man is uh, opening the door for you uh, for a, for a buck. So that, that's a difference in America. Oh, that's a big difference. They do have oh, doormen, but they're they're all homeless people. Um, oh. uh, but uh, it, it, it's, it's been a funny um, week for me, Chris. I actually have a little bit of an abroad Japan connection. Um, Jackie no. and Nick um, from your. Uh, from your video when you went down to um, what's that island where the, everyone lives? Okinawa. Um, everyone yeah, lives they, there, yeah. <laughs> everyone lives there. Um, yeah, uh, we did a Wrestle Me show, uh, basically a just a wrestling podcast that I do on the mm. side, not as successful as a Bron Japan, obviously. I mean, why <laughs> would it be? But uh, <laughs> but we did we did um, a couple of live shows over um, over the weekend. Mm. And just it just so happened that Chaki and uh, Nick, her her her, her, her partner, was were in London, and uh, so I said, "Ah, oh, so, sorry, I can't meet you. I'm uh, I'm I'm doing a I'm doing a I'm wrestling show. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing Dawson. a wrestling show." <laughs> and uh, and and but they turned up and watched an hour and a half. Bearing in mind, Chaki's English is very good, but not to the level where she could really take in an hour and a half's TED Talk on the rise of the Attitude Era in the mid-90s in WWA, <laughs> WWF, um, and, and, and me dressed as Stone Cold Steve Austin, and my um, my podcast partner, Mark Haynes, dressed as uh, Jake the Snake Roberts with the most visible bit of testicle work in the pants you've ever seen in, in, in your life. Um, so oh, it, it just really made me laugh that, that, that um, in the extended abroad Japan universe, Verse, uh, Chucky popped in and watched an hour and a half lecture lecture on the rise of the Attitude Era in the nineties. <laughs> it's good oh stuff. You made this happen, Chris. You made this happen. Poor Chucky. Poor Chucky. <laughs> anything, anything to hang out with the extended <laughs> members of the Abroad Japan Cinematic. Me universe. with the bald cap on. <laughs> I feel bad actually. She um she was in Japan recently, I think, and she wanted mm. to meet up with everyone. But we were doing the cycle, like I right. I think she contacted Ian, and she's like, Ian, let's meet up. And Ian was like, Oh, sorry, going to Hokkaido on the cycle. Then she like <laughs> contacted Con and is like, Oh, sorry, I'm going on the cycle. And, then, and she just reached out to like everyone, and they're all going on the cycle. So poor old Jackie. But uh, <laughs> well, she she's, she she's returned. Awesome. She's awesome. She returned and her partner had, abs- had just um, dislocated his elbow. Uh, he showed me the x-ray. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. 
And it, it just came off the bone and because he's quite muscular, it really hurt to put back in and they give him morphine and everything. I was like, you're a bigger boy, aren't you? You're like a proper bigger boy, aren't you? Like you, you do bouldering and you fall off stuff and, 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 and your elbow just separates. <laughs> Poor old Nick. Poor old Poor Nick. Old Nick. And he can't, and unfortunately, like, uh, when, when we filmed with Jackie in Okinawa this mm. year for Journey Across Japan, I love that episode with Jackie, and she was hilarious. Nick, uh, <laughs> husband, it could, couldn't come over to no. Japan, right, because of the ban. Mm. So she's like, bye, Nick, I'm going off to Japan. And, you know, he loves Japan, poor old Nick, and wants to come, <laughs> but he can't. And it's just so no. unfair. But uh, actually, only like yesterday, though, the Japanese government said that uh, by October they're going to, just drop all the restrictions so mm. as soon as the end of october you could be coming over here trying the real <laughs> japanese 7-eleven hold me to it you might be able real to make it cinnamon. to the abroad japan halloween party that's taking place in the last week of october <laughs> oh, are you making it an abroad japan Rapongi halloween party you bet i am yeah i've got a halloween party going i need to work the details i don't believe this for a second are you actually doing a halloween party in Rapongi? that's hilarious yeah yeah, yeah, I'm doing it, doing it. I'm I'm all going all out with the events this year because it's the 10 year anniversary. We've got the one in London. We've got the Halloween party. We've got mm. that's the that's all the events. But like, <laughs> that's, that's events, two more yeah. events than I've ever done before. So exactly, yeah, but, good stuff. Oh, well, congratulations! Good. That's a bit. That's very exciting. But let's mm. dive in to the story of the week. And this week we've got one from Tessa, guys. And it begins, Dear Cool Chris and Postmodern Pete, I listened to the latest episode about cycling in Hokkaido and I lived there for five years. I'm sorry you received such poor hospitality. Now let's stop <laughs> there for a moment. We, I mean, I, I know Connor and I ranted and raved about the, <laughs> the kind of racist experience, or <laughs> the, the not-so-good experience of the... Uh, <laughs> The yakitori restaurant that didn't want us coming in, or the hotel that clearly didn't want us there. But for mm. the most part, ninety-five percent of everyone in Hokkaido was um, were just amazing and lovely mm. and awesome. And I, it's not it's not fair to say that uh, Hokkaido's hospitality is bad. I think it's just the, that sort of northern remote part of Hokkaido where they've never seen someone who's mm. not Japanese before potentially but uh, yeah yeah and, and, and you know because these things are so rare it really does hit home when it happens but again very rare anyway uh, in 2015 guys I was coming into my last year on the jet program and had desperately wanted to take a cycle trip somewhere in Honshu or Shikoku I decided on a route from uh, Tsuruga down to Wakayama then into mm. the Shikoku mountains and through the uh, Seton uh Seto Uchi Sea, I believe. Um, so they went from Tsuruga, which is in Aomori, like really north Aomori, to Wakayama. That's a hell of a journey, if I'm getting this right. This is like, this makes like the cycle I just did with Connor look like a warm up, potentially. <laughs> so this is insane. Uh, I ended up camping for three nights, then giving up and slept in internet internet cafes for seven hour stretches cycling from 5am to beat the heat I experienced heat stroke smelliness (laughs) (laughs) Uh, severe dehydration and strange fashion choices one Japanese campsite owner wouldn't let me stay as a female solo traveller so I had to camp one metre outside of the campsite boundary what the (laughs) hell halfway through the trip I was taken in by a couple in Shikoku who saw me half-heartedly setting up my tent in a local camping area. They took me in, washed my clothes and fed me. So much gratitude for the hospitality. uh, I was quite frankly in awe given that I was a stinky, smelly mess at this point. In a strong (laughs) gaijin move, I decided that I would cycle across a bridge to Okayama that was 
not for cycling. Oh, God. I know oh, this bridge. Oh, dear. It's uh, Okayama's in Shikoku. Sorry, Okayama's on Honshu. And then there's the big bridge going over from the island of Shikoku. And I looked yeah. at cycling over it on Journey Across Japan. Then I discovered, literally the night before, bikes aren't allowed on it. So I'm curious as to how this goes down. Uh, I didn't fully realise it at the time, but a large van with flashing lights came up next to me and demanded to know why on earth I was cycling on an expressway. <laughs> They were very kind as I apologised and dropped me on the other side. Oh, wow. Damn it. I should have tried that. <laughs> this is <laughs> That's like when you've fallen, fallen a bit of water in an open-world video game and they don't have a swimming mechanic, so they just warp you to the nearest shore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the hitchhiking equivalent by van. Yeah. Uh, it was a stupid trip, planned at a stupid time, but I don't regret it at all. I had all sorts of interesting interactions and conversations as a solo female cyclist, and I would do it again if I had the chance, just not in summer. Uh here we are. I, I wish you, I'm uh, here to say cycling adventures are probably best when you're a bit underprepared and don't fully know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you guys did it. All the best from Tessa. And uh, I think I'm, I could have passed Tessa myself because in 2015, when I finished Jet, I also did like a cycle across the inland sea in August. So we were actually very close to probably passing each other. Mm. But we'll never know. Or never know, but that's a nice story. Like that's a pretty insane route, and I don't know how you did that. Like that is bonkers. Like when I did the cycle and the original journey across Japan, I still had like a support team. I still had people like Pete Donaldson cheering me along, or losing the map and fucking yeah. causing all sorts Sucky of hell. <laughs> the idea of doing that alone though, and just camping mm. in a field and just being thrown out for being a female solo traveller. That's very odd. Why do you think I they... I what their take was there. It was just kind of like per, they didn't want to re, re, be responsible for safety or um, yeah. they thought that it was a bit dodgy or that like they just wondered why it was a solo female traveller. I, I don't mm. know. It's Either way, you are it a sounds woman. a bit unsavory. <laughs> you are not allowed here. You can only... like. I love the way she still camped just one metre outside of the boundary <laughs> anyway. With a solid finger up to them, honestly. But, you know, <laughs> at least the... Uh, the, the sort of discriminatory aspect of the story was countered with the much more heartwarming story of being taken in by the locals. Uh, well yeah. done, Tessa, especially for getting over the massive treacherous bridge that no bikes or pedestrians are allowed over. <laughs> well done. Give yourself a pat on the back. Uh, and now we turn to story of the week. What's going on in Japan this week, Pete? Well, I'm kind of torn between approaching this kind of story either from the position of um, the idea that Japan's got a digital minister, which sounds a little bit like um, a virtual sort of Hatsune Miku kind of character, (laughs) 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 or or the fact that um, uh, Japan is still using um, floppy disks. So basically, Japan's digital minister has declared war on floppy disks. Um, Obviously, Japan is is known as quite um, uh, uh, foolishly in many... um, respects as this massively um, uh, forward-thinking, uh, modern, futuristic, uh, uh, futurescape, so to speak, uh, the sort you'd see in, you know, the the, the book Neuromancer or something. But, uh, also, yeah, it's, it's Neuromancer rather than Necromancer. Um, but either way, uh, they, uh, they're they still using a lot of floppy disks, uh, it turns out. Fax machines, floppy disks. Uh, and Tara Connor, the digital minister, has basically said that um, you're not allowed to use floppy disks anymore because there is so much 
old crap still in uh, <laughs> in every sort of sphere of um, human versus governmental interaction. Uh, basically, the agency has recommended that uh, they're going to be reviewing the use of floppy and other disks swiftly. That could be like a zip disk oh or a CD God. or something. Uh, but Japan is 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 a is a country that still uses floppy disks for a lot of um, a lot of people sending documents around the place instead of sending it via email or on a USB key. Um, they're sticking them on floppy disks for crying out loud because that's just the way it's always been done and they don't see any reason to change it um, uh, uh, despite the fact that floppy disks are probably a little bit more expensive than they were in the 1990s <laughs> yeah I mean I talked about this in the video I did a few months back um, how like this misconception that Japan is the future but that you know that they cling to these things like the mm. fax machine and we and we talked about previously how the f- fax machines were trying to sort of get rid of them in the office space and then mm. lots of companies were like no we're going to keep them and this has happened with the floppy disks now and yeah. the main reason is it's not it's not just because everyone's old and they don't want to adopt new technology they feel that if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing mm. even with floppy and, and, disks, and also right? and also rather than sending data electronically over the internet or whatever it, this kind of idea of the physical um, the physical kind of um, aspect to having a floppy disk sent to someone or handed to someone and put in a machine it just has a bit of an air of um, authenticity um, and, and, and Japanese Japanese um, uh, businesses just have a real love of that kind of thing Is it, would that be fair to say that's why hankos were so popular until mm. um, very very recently this kind of very physical uh, idea of of authentic, authenticating with, with a human uh, kind of hand i suppose it's it's it, it I, I do understand it but you know the uh, and and there's plenty of examples of for example um, the british nhs uh, using you know windows nt and windows 95 and really old systems uh, here and then but that's just because of a lack of investment there's uh, and also um, the nuclear codes in the us um, were, were were administered by uh, by floppy discs um, and they've only just been replaced uh, very recently because you know if you're only using a thing once or twice um, you, you just got to know that it, it's going to work every time so mm-hmm. you know why 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 upend it why add more variables into something that, that just works I suppose I mean I, maybe I get it for something like nuclear codes but for Japan you know I get clinging <laughs> to old things but like it's not 1996 anymore no. I don't even remember the last time I used a floppy disk it probably was like I, the mid yeah, I, I can't remember I, I think I, I think CDs. I bought a I think because in between floppies had, I remember having a zip disk do you remember those they held yeah, 100 remember, megabytes awful. They, they, they were all right. It was it was an optical rewritable. I think I don't think it was even magnetic. It might have been magnetic, uh, but it, it held an, an unholy amount of stuff. And when I was into three D design, <laughs> that's where I put all my three D files on zip disks. So I've got a few of this, this zip disks kicking around. I'm sure there's a drive somewhere that'll read them. But well, you just mean, worry that, that that you won't have access to these files again because people aren't making the drives anymore. When I render out an abroad in Japan video, it comes to about eight gigabytes for a twenty minute video these days. Yeah. How many zip disks is that? You know, we're talking quite dozens. a few. I mean, 80. What, I, I, can you even fit the song, the song Too Much Volcano, on a floppy disk? Can um, you? Yeah, one Three, point, uh, high density one, 1. 1.5 megabytes. Yeah, oh, you'd be able to, a, a top of the range floppy rate. disk only. <laughs> but like, it's still used. Floppy disks, this is insane. They're still used, apparently, they estimate on up to 1900 government related procedures, mm. right? Such as submitting applications and other documents. I remember. A few years ago, it must have been 2018 or 19, I, I helped Riotero produce a 
some sort of political video for his friend. I just I was a cameraman. I didn't really mm. get involved. He, his friend was running for some sort of office in uh, Sendai, and uh, he, he asked me to film it. So I filmed it, whatever. And when we were done, we had to submit it in like a it was I can't remember if it was a VHS or something <laughs> to the Brilliant. local broadcasting company. I was like, can we just email you or just do? Google yeah. Drive, dare I say Dropbox, they were like, no, VHS, Betamax. And I was like, what is this? What is so, going so, on so, here? So it's, but it was, prob- was it more likely like a digital um, a digital video, like a, like a um, I can't forget what you call them, but like a digital video that they can just put in their one machines. It wasn't quite a VHS, but it would have been like a higher quality digital version of that. Um, yeah. Horrific. It, it I mean, some, still horrific. It was some sort of horrific format that should have not survived <laughs> 20 years ago. And it was just really baffling. Like NHK, the national broadcaster, had adopted this yeah. format and they were just clinging to it. And I was like, can I? And, and in the end, I think Rio- I, I just gave up. I was like, Riotro, you deal with this. You deal and with we this, had to yeah. go. He, he went, ended up going to like some Snappy sort of snap. special like tape <laughs> shop and they like <laughs> they Put it transferred it to it this room. tape. That's yeah. hilarious, isn't it? Good Lord. It's just awful. But there well, you go. Like, I you think that you think the NHK, like you just send it in and they'd convert it for you for crying out loud. <laughs> it's it's odd. Like at the same time, mm. Japanese companies like to adopt top of the range technology for like cameras and sensors. They want the best 8K. They want the best TVs, and then they do it all <laughs> on like a VHS. And it's just like, what's going on here? What's yeah. going on? Hey, and uh, I- hey. Hey Chris, before we move on to the uh, the oh sorry, were you going on to something else there? I've just I've just found the um, mascot of Seven uh, Eleven in Taiwan. It's brilliant. Oh my god, what is it? <laughs> it's That's called, a random one. <laughs> it's called Open Chan. It's a dog what? who comes from Open Planet, uh, who loves to eat onigiri. Now they just thought I went right. What do we want to say with this um, this this mascot? Um, that Seven Elevens just open all the time. I know we'll call him Open Chan. Absolute oh dog god. shit. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. What does he look like? <laughs> he's just a little dog waving a. I don't know what he's waving, like a stick uh, and and a stick that says open. Um, and he's a chef and he's a dog and he loves to eat onigiri. <laughs> did they outsource? Did they outsource that mascot idea to like a play school or something? Honestly, like kindergarten. Open Chan, absolutely <laughs> terrible. Whichever whichever five year old comes up with the best mascot idea wins. <laughs> Worth <laughs> oh checking God. out. Really rude. Dear one. idea. <laughs> but I, I'm not overly optimistic that Tara Connor is going to succeed here in his uphill task of being a digital mm. minister. He's quite a popular minister, actually. He, I think okay. he uh, was heavily involved in vaccines. When um, the Trash Taste lads got vaccinated, they were on TV, and there's oh, a really yes, ominous right, yeah. shot of uh, of Joey getting like a needle on his arm and the and the camera's like in this like doorway about five metres across the room and there's just Tara Connor looking ominously inwards mm. as though he's watching one of his like experiments gone wrong being like <laughs> in, like administered some sort of weapon um, it's all very ghost in the shell I love it but yeah good luck Tara Connor get rid of those floppy disks we'll be back in just a moment guys with the fax machine with your stories comments and questions How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we're back with the fax machine. What do we got this week, Pete? On the floppy drive. That's what we should yeah, just rebrand it to. I, the floppy drive. The floppy drive, yeah, exactly. That's the sound of a floppy drive. Fantastic. We're having a meeting with someone who's clearly like, it must have been like 25 or something, and they don't remember the sound of logging on the internet for the first time. Like the analog audio data. But before we get to the first letter from the floppy drive, Chris, would you like to know why the in the Seven Eleven logo? <laughs> yes, I am on the Seven Eleven corporate website. Oh, Thank for you. God's sake. Would you like to know why the Seven Eleven logo is all in uppercase and then the N at the end of eleven is in lowercase? Uh, go on. It's time to learn the secret. Nobody fucking us. knows. <laughs> Nobody what? fucking knows, and they've not revealed it. They've not. Apparently, that uh, Thompson, Jordy Thompson, the Southland president, uh, requested a new design uh, back in the eighties. Uh, I think it was. Oh no, nineteen ninety-two. Um, and uh, Thompson's wife thought that the logo seemed a little harsh with all capital letters, and suggested that the capital N be changed to lowercase so the logo would look more graceful. <laughs> so they reckon that's the case. Uh, I'm not sure I buy that one, but uh, that's possibly why. 7-Eleven is, uh, you know, smaller letter is uh, is on the end, on 11. Anyway, greetings Premier Pete and Certified Chris. Oh, not Premier Pete anymore. He's been on so much, people have switched to Premier Pete. Um, one Paris, interesting... Oh, yes, yes, he was drinking a big beer, yeah. resting up. He deserves a, he deserves a rest, that lad. I just hope he rests his lovely voice. Um, 
Uh, anyway, uh, who is this? A guy who definitely doesn't smoke cigarettes. One interesting change spurred on by the Olympics was the ban on indoor smoking. Something I remember about Japan is smoking being everywhere. How does this ban change bar culture? I find people that rarely smoked. Uh, I find people rarely smoked on the streets, except designated areas near Konbini, which I think it's illegal to, isn't it? One bar owner explained to me that he can't smoke in the bar, and it was illegal to smoke in the alleyways of Golden Guy. Going as far to mention that there were cameras that would have me arrested as smoking truly gone, or as some. Bar are still allowing it. I imagine Golden Guy, Chris, um, I mean, it did burn down. Uh, I think the Yakuza tried to burn it down a couple of times and the residents defended it, so they're probably a little bit. They're pretty, pretty on their fire <laughs> safety, I think. Probably, yeah. One night out with Natsuki and it all, it's all game over for Golden Guy. <laughs> um, I, actually, funnily enough, I was in um, a bar in Sapporo the other day mm. during the cycle. We stopped for a mm. drink and... It's the first time I recall being in a bar in recent memory where people could smoke. Um, and I remembered why I don't like smoke in bars. Right, I, okay. You know, in my first three years here, I did smoke quite a lot, actually. Um, I, I really got into it. Everyone I knew did it. And I'd, I'd sort of done it at university, and it, it, I just took it to a whole new level. When you, when you spend your day in front of a classroom of 40 kids eight times, you need to smoke to get through it. And uh, so I became a smoker. And because you could smoke indoors at the time, 2012, 2015, it was just yeah. really nice. You know, you'd, you'd go in Izakaya, you'd have your sushi, you'd have your feed, you'd smoke some cigarettes, have a beer, job done. And now they got rid of it because of the Olympics and other things. Um, but it's it's nice that I got rid of it, though. Like, going into mm. that bar the other day in Hokkaido, it really wasn't pleasant. Secondhand smoke, just... Uh, it was a bit... The only reason I... I in, in the only, like, positive aspect I can find to smoking is it looks great for cinematography, just having a hazy, smoky interior, right? Mm. Just like in the movies. But that's not a good <laughs> enough reason to adopt lung cancer. <laughs> no, it's really um, not. So, no, I'm glad I got rid of it. I really am. And um, though you can do it in certain bars, it is common, I think, in in smaller bars, it's still allowed because the idea when they introduced it was that it would lead to a lot of bars sort of going under or shutting down, right? Just as it was in the UK, I think, when they were worried about smoking being banned in pubs, people theorised mm. that it was the end of pubs, when in reality it wasn't. It was just the end of shit pubs. Uh, so, yeah, it's still allowed here in certain bars and restaurants, but thankfully, for the most part, it isn't, outside of a handful. Um, so, yeah, mm. it's... I, I, but when Natsuki, you know, I was out with Natsuki last night, he has to leave the entire restaurant now in a way wow. that he never used to do. So... I, I quietly thought when they instigated this ban, I was like, oh, thank God, maybe Natsuki will stop now because of the inconvenience. But far from it. You know, he'll put down his pasta, he'll walk out the front of the shop, he'll walk down the street because you can't just smoke <laughs> on the street. You have to find a certain place down the street, particularly in the city centre, right? Uh, so he has to go on a pilgrimage just to have his cigarette. Mm. And he's still doing it like three, four, five times in one meal. So, yeah. Natsuki's a true, mm. a, true, a true loyalist. In the same yeah. way, Japanese businesses cling to the floppy disk, Natsuki will cling to his Marlborough, come what may. Uh, we've got one here from Bethany from Sunderland, who says, Hi, Kitty Chris and Perry Pete. Pets. Are you guys pet lovers? Pete, do you have any pets in the UK? And Chris, have you ever had any pets in Japan? Chris, having <laughs> recently looked after Charlotte's cats, Maro and Tuna, what's it like to own a pet in Japan? Is it pretty much the same as the UK? All the best. Nyan. Bethany from Sunderland. Uh, you've got a pet, right? But you've got a dog who always calls me. Two dogs? 
got yeah. two dogs uh, here and there. Troublemakers. Um, a dog, a 15-year-old border terrier called Buckley and a nine-year-old border terrier called Lola. And uh, the nine-year-old border terrier, Lola, is a little scamp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I've been looking after uh, Charlotte's cats while she was away, Maro mm. and Tuna. Tuna's like this kitten, American short hair kitten. And um, what it's just a nightmare. Like, mm. he... He's, he's, I think he's like six months old, right? And yet he's discovered a way to open the doors in the apartment. So sometimes <laughs> I would lock him... I would, I'd just shut him in Charlotte's office, right? So he can, like, get out of the way. <laughs> Particularly at night time. You know, I didn't want to be woken up by cats, so I'd put him in there. And then I'd hear this banging. And then all of a sudden the door would open. And the little bastard had mastered the art of jumping up pulling on the door handle, swinging the door open and freeing himself to the point that he could open every door in the apartment. Uh, and I had to order these special like door locks that you put right. under the handle of the door so that it doesn't come down anymore. You can lock them from the outside. So absolute nightmare. I don't know if he's a genius or just a troublemaker. But uh, yeah, cats though in Japan. I mean, I, I know Sharla, when she travels, she doesn't like to leave the cats at like a, a what, what do you call it a cattery uh, cat or a kennel cattery cat fest cat fest yeah cat festival um, <laughs> because from what I understand in Japan they're not that good and they don't really mm. care about the animals that much you know animal rights aren't overly great in Japan mm. at least by the stands of the west and um, so yeah she doesn't like to put them in the hands of the catteries so that's my that's the extent of my knowledge really um, yeah. maybe I'd like a dog one day when I'm 10 years older and I'm sitting in a room and I'm not cycling around yeah I'd like a dog but uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's that hard having a, pa- a pet in Japan obviously the only thing is uh, you probably will live in an apartment and many apartments ban having cats and dogs um, I think this apartment that Sharla in, is in, she, you know, it, 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 you're allowed a cat, and she, when we got the mm. apartment, had to tell the person that we've got a cat, and they were happy with it. So something to bear in mind. A good friend of mine got fined for keeping his cat, and it got discovered. Uh, it was meowing, and the, somebody grasped him up and dobbed him in to the authorities. He ended up paying something like a, a, a $500 fee. For his cat, so be careful of that. Yeah, uh, we got one here from Thomas. Over to you, Mr. Donaldson. We got a message from Thomas, and the final uh, email slash fact machine uh, entry for the show. Hello, Broad Chris and Pete McDonaldson. I'm in Sendai. Now, what I want to know is why, of all the places you could have chosen to live in, why the most boring place in all of Japan? All the best uh, from the Sour and Beer Garden in E-Beams. Uh, 100% ship place, but one of the best in Sendai, Thomas. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's already offended. in Sendai. No, I've been so <laughs> offended all my life. How dare you <laughs> slate my beloved Sendai. I mean, look, I Sendai wouldn't have been my first choice if if I didn't have loads of friends in Tohoku and my life mm. didn't kick off here in Japan, I'd probably be somewhere else. You know, there's so many other actually fun cities in Japan. Yeah. I'm thinking like your Fukuoka's, your Hiroshima's, your Matsuyama's, your Kanazawa's, anything, literally. Um, mm. Tokyo, the only reason I don't live in Tokyo is it's just too easy and all my friends live there. And I feel like if I lived in Tokyo, I'd never, ever leave it, right? Because nobody ever does. Yeah. You just Everything's there. You don't ever leave it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sendai's nice, easy to live, absolutely soddle to do here. But it's got mm. everything you want. It's got all the coffee shops, all the restaurants, and it's just nice. And people that come up here 
they always say that it feels like a, a really nice place to live. It's kind of a bit chilled out, a bit laid back. And uh, mm. yeah, I, I, I don't think I could ever recommend Sendai as a place to live, though, necessarily, when there's so mm. many other fantastic places in Japan. Um, it's yeah. not that Sendai is bad, it's just that it's not that good. So uh, <laughs> hopefully my friends in Sendai don't hear that because Japanese people are very proud of their like their hometown. Areas, you know, yeah. in the UK we're like we hate our hometown. We're like, oh, it's rubbish. There's a river filled with filth. <laughs> like in Japan, people actually take pride in their hometown. Something right, that okay. we don't. I just feel we don't have. Do, mm. do we have that? Are you proud of Hartlepool, Pete? Probably I'm you are. I'm proud of Hartlepool to a certain extent. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> mind Hartlepool. But, it, it, but again, it, but if you come from like a big town, like, I don't know, Rotherham or something, like I, right. I always find that people are a little less proud of that of that kind of thing, I suppose. Mm. But I don't know. Sorry to right. absolutely wail on Rotherham. Rotherham's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fine. <laughs> I just don't I mean, know. I, I, it comes I always, from Rotherham and he doesn't like it. <laughs> I always go on about Nagoya being bad. And, uh, you know, there's some other cities yeah. in Japan. I, where else is bad? <laughs> Off the top of my head, nah. I'll have, I'll have a thing. I'll have a thing. <laughs> and in the next podcast, I'll give you some ideas on where not to live in Japan. But for now, guys, as always, many thanks for tuning in. Send your comments, questions, everything in to abroadinjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. We'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad in Japan podcast. Bye for now. in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.